0: it's time for counterculture are you tired of how divided we are let's find the peacemakers think everyone
1: is mean and selfish let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring think our culture is going downhill let's meet those who are helping us flourish
0: and now your host jonathan sanborn well, hello everyone! Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Counterculture with yes, I'm Jonathan Sanborn, your host. I'm really excited about today. I, you know, sometimes I have to uh, work. You know, I, it, it, I know it's going to be a challenge because this this guy is really shy, and it's going to take a while to get him out of his shell. So, I just want you to be prepared that I'm going to be working really hard to bring this this guy out of his shell. So. Just so, first off, counterculture. We we believe following Jesus puts you uh, is is countercultural. Jesus said, "Love your enemies." Jesus said, "Help the poor, walk with the poor." Jesus said, uh, "You know, build in our world that's so divided." He was a unifier, and so he said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." And so that's where that we want to highlight the countercultural people in our communities here in Phoenix. And uh just get- and I get to meet all these awesome people, so I so thank you again for tuning in. I have in studio today with me Darren Chapman. He is CEO and founder of the Tiger Mountain Foundation. so there's a story there about that. He is uh, they are he- working in South Phoenix, and they are bring they bring communities together. They work with gardens and landscaping development, audio visual and performance art, community service and volunteerism. Man, a lot going on there. Man, his story, mind-blowing. So you're going to love uh, uh, this, this. our conversation. Welcome, Darren. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. Uh,
0: th- thanks for coming. We've just had some great times getting to know each other and looking forward to hearing. Um, so, you know, as we like to get started, we start with a little game uh, uh, called Fake News. So the fake news is if it's for you just turning in for the first time. Uh, our guest shares two things about themselves, one true, one not true, and I try to guess which one is fake. So, Darren, so tell me two things about yourself and let me see if I can guess which one's fake.
1: So so they're both a story of resiliency. Okay. And and the first story, um, I, I, I was fighting, uh, training as a boxer. Okay. Uh, and I was 33 years old. I was trying to do a different pivot in my life. And as I got to thirty four, thirty five, thirty six, I fought a cat by the name of Lance Whitaker. And and Lance they called him Mount Whitaker. And man, I fought this dude and um I, I literally didn't even know I had holes in my body that I bled from. I I, I wow. bled Yeah, I mean this this guy was amazing um and uh i I fought that guy and and I didn't do well and then the next morning I came back and um i i I did really well against this champion uh he was a continental America's heavyweight champion of the world, six feet eight probably about six feet eight yeah six feet eight man, about <laughs> two hundred and sixty two pounds oh my like a forty two inch waist, oh my goodness yeah but but uh, and, and getting ready for Lance, uh, the other uh, story of resiliency is I fought six-time world champion James Lights Out Tony. He- heck of a nickname. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, Lights Out, man, I-, I was doing really well with him. Uh, however, he did this little move where he went between the ropes. And I was trying to, like, hit this cat, man. He was elusive. Uh, However, man, I I tagged him really nice, man, over the ropes, man. And uh, James came back in and people rushed in because he was really mad at me because here I am. How dare I come in at 30-some-odd years old and defeat him in his own gym? Wow. uh, wild card gym with uh, uh, Freddie Roach back in the day. But those are my two stories. Okay. Now, just so you know, for those of you not –
0: so Darren's a big guy. You know he's and so it's very plausible one that that he's a he he boxed so that's so clearly he boxed in one of those so he he definitely boxed he looks yeah I <laughs> you would he's such a nice guy you can't imagine him ever throwing a punch but I can imagine he's big enough that yeah he could he could take just about it. so I, either one of them could totally be true but I'm gonna say the first one is fake mm. the mountain because you're the I thought you're the mountain so what is the first story fake? The first story is true.
1: I got you, man. You got me. Good. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you never went up against the second guy.
1: I did go up against the second guy. However, uh, he actually uh, handed me my hat, man. And I, and I and I never, as he went over in between the ropes, I, I didn't tag him and he got oh. mad. Actually, he tagged me. Okay. And, and I lost him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Darren.
0: So, Kelly, you're here to keep me humble. You know, I think I get, so, I'm just so cocky, full of myself. Then I go, f- fake news comes out, and I just have to humble myself, and I just you know I am wrong on so many occasions. So, but no, thank you. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. So, <laughs> you, it. you have quite a background. Mm. So, you have been you you well, well you were in in gangs. You were in, working with gangs. You then you also represented gangs to with the police department you were represented you're representing the gang so in order to w- cooperate with the Los Angeles police department tell us a little bit about your your upbringing in that in that kind of environment
1: Yeah, so um, I grew up in south-central Los Angeles, which was the hotbed. And and I'm sure a lot of cities say, man, their hood was the hotbed of gang activity. But, But, uh, you know, the Bloods and the Crips, man, that was the origination right there. Uh, Vermont and Jefferson, we had uh, – A group called the Gladiators, and then the Gladiators migrated into the Fruit Town Bloods. But anyway, a quick from there to here, um, I I just started getting involved with stuff that we did uh, naturally in the neighborhood. And, And the things to do with all the vacant lots and all the other disparity was to get together and get into stuff. If you needed money for Friday night, you went and you stole stuff. From bicycles to cars, right, right? And so I got involved in that, and um, it, it just migrated. Uh, so now you're meeting other gangsters from other neighborhoods, from Crip to 18th Street. Uh, and by the time I was a young man, um, I started uh, basically being a uh, point person, right, uh, to kind of keep a lot of the drama from happening. However, uh, the police pointed out to me that that's not quite a job. That that's called a criminal conspiracy, right? Right? Yeah, right? You're just beating. <laughs> bringing more gangs together to do uh, their due. And right. so um, so that's what happened uh, uh, on that side of the ledger, uh, working with uh, uh, the different gangs sort of as a negotiating mediator. Right. Uh, even though I grew up in a blood neighborhood, uh, everything we did we called keeping it gangster. Keeping so it we, gangster, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we kept it gangster across Los Angeles uh, into South Phoenix, uh, uh, Miami, Harlem. Um, yeah, just, yeah.
0: So you had a wake-up call, though, at, some, at one point in your life that kind of – ref, you referenced something that you had been heard when, ever since you were a child and then you had a wake-up call later on in your life. Tell, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, as a young guy, I think it was second, third grade, the teacher told us she would get our attention by saying, you guys better pay attention. Your life expectancy is 25 years old old. as a black man growing up in this community. Right, right. Uh, At the time, I was in the Los Angeles Unified School District going to 37th Street School, 54th Street School. Okay. Um and so uh as a young dude that that caught my attention. Uh so much so that I went home uh, after hearing that from the teacher and I got down on bended knee and I said, uh, hey, hey, listen, man upstairs, big fella, yeah if, if you whatever, would yeah yeah, if you would, if you can give me that twenty five years, I'll just try to be the very best person I can possibly <laughs> right. be. Right. Uh that was my negotiation. As a matter of fact, uh, um, I as I remember, Jonathan, I asked for a year additional, so like 26 years. However, I went back to the negotiation yeah, okay. table the next night because I, I felt almost like I was being greedy. That's yeah. how – uh, wow! So even
0: just an extra year felt A- yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I I went back to that table and said, if I if you just give me twenty five, I'll take the twenty five. Right, right, Put on the table and um and yeah. So I prayed that I could live to be twenty five, and the give back would be that I would try to do the best that I could to be the best that I could.
0: Wow! And then what happened? Then when you were then what happened when you were twenty five? Yeah.
1: So uh, twenty five years old. I'm in maximum security. Peter H. Pitchless. Uh, on my way to potentially do uh, X amount a year bid for Grand Theft Auto. OK. Um, and uh, um, on my 25th birthday, my uh, grandfather passed. OK. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that out like later on down the line. You right. Know, I got out, um, uh, had kind of disassociated with my family because I wasn't doing well. So I didn't figure it was any reason to stay with them and be around right. them. So, yeah, I... Um, my grandfather had passed away on my 25th birthday, kind of a very unusual feeling that night because it was my 25th birthday. I was incarcerated. Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, Is now- some,
0: You're around some of the worst people in yeah. society yeah, that yeah, are yeah. around, that you're in maximum yeah. security yeah, prison. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, there, there was a medium and there was a minimum. Yeah. And uh, I had ding, 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 hit the yes. maximum uh, level, right. unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I, I just knew that that for me- Sitting on that uh, uh, cot uh, in in that dorm with all of these different cats from X, Y to Z as far as uh, crime. Right. Yeah. Murder. uh, I mean, you know, there was a guy who did crimes against children. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all there. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of knew for me um, I needed to do something a bit different because um, it was a death all within itself. Right. The teacher had been right. Twenty five years old. Man, I wasn't alive. I, I was yeah. literally a dead man living in a cell.
0: Wow! So you you had a, that's obviously just a wake up call. You made it. You beat the statistic. You are alive, but you are in prison. And you just said, "This is going. Things are going to be different now." Now, I think people can think like bad neighborhood, straight to prison. It that seemed to be that's a tra- trajectory that a lot of people can uh, understand. But you actually had a season before your prison day that. You were at at ASU.
1: Yeah, yeah. Played football at Mesa College. uh, Did really well there. Um, uh Was getting letters from universities all over the country as an outside linebacker. Um, Academically, I did relatively well. Um, And uh, uh, initially, even before uh, junior college, I was on a four-year medallion of merit scholarship to Arizona State University, which is an academic scholarship. Uh, so academically and athletically, sure. um, I was starting to get into a certain zone. of uh, Maybe this kid from the hood can be okay, right? Yeah, and then and then a, a couple,
0: some massive curveballs, some ways that you you had you were treated, you kind of got thrown under the bus. By society, really, is that would that be fair? Fair to say?
1: I, I think um, for for a kid my age, quite honestly, and all transparency, I think I was doing some things on the side of a ledger that 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 kids from my neighborhood do, which I wouldn't necessarily condone right. for any human being. Sure, sure. Uh, however, um, what I got arrested for was nothing that I did. I got yeah. arrested for an armed robbery. As I and at this particular time, I'm really trying to move in a good direction. Right. I'm teaching school full time. I'm going to Arizona State. I'm just short of a, a semester of my a degree in business communications. And uh, I, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought that was the path that you took right. when you were going to do the right thing. And, and um, yeah, I got arrested for armed robbery uh, while I was teaching at the school. One of the teachers thought it would be a smart idea to keep me from getting my summer school position to say that I'm a black man who actually create, uh, committed a sexual assault. Uh, and, I, and it was actually her friend who she was with one night to make the story up who told our dean of students that that never happened. She told me she was going to make up the story that this black man was Mm -hmm. with this white woman and he did these foul things to me. And I, when the dean brought me in, I didn't even know what she was talking about. I, I thought she was talking about me working with one of the students that I was doing, I thought, a pretty good job with. However, I, I, Gave him a James Brown song and it right. had, had a lyric in it. Yeah. that I thought was a little amiss and maybe. Yeah, I thought you were guilty on that one. Yeah, I was guilty on that.
0: But you know, you bring up. I I think there's many people have a false idea that they think that if anything ever bad happens to, you, it's because you, if you don't do anything wrong, you don't have anything to worry about. Mm. But that's simply not true, and your 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 experience and your story is like you're you're doing the right thing. You're in school. You're you're not just in school. You're you're. You're excelling at life and doing, you know, teaching and helping in the community, and then to get that kind of curveball, which then, sh- sure enough, you get thrown into the system, and suddenly, yeah, you just kind of spiraled.
1: Yeah, I, I rebelled. I, I I didn't want the conformity. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do something very different off of the white picket fence beaten path sure. uh and uh yeah i kind of went on a um um not so much a rampage i i got yeah. into i didn't want to hurt people i knew that that wasn't my my issue uh but i did want to not conform and, right. and so i did residential commercial burglary uh Car theft, uh, probably mm-hmm. uh, uh, a very high number. Some of them might still be lingering. Oh, I, yeah. say, I don't want <laughs> to say right. too many. How many did you yeah. get before? Yeah. No. Yeah. Honda CRX
0: 1992? <laughs> <90, laughs> was that that was mine. Yes, yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, man. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, interestingly enough, in that story, uh, one, one of the cars I stole, uh, the license plates were personalized. Yeah. It said, You are. A soul the letters u r a s o u l and 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 you know i didn't change the plates i kept the plates the same because i thought at some point in time man i'm going to get back to um completeness i'm going to be away from this type of anger Mm. and and and, you know man i I don't feel like i'm a bad person i I feel like this personalized place was for me right right so that car interesting yeah yeah and and i was pretty easy to catch going down the santa monica freeway with the same with the same (laughs) plates yeah yeah, yeah, Saying you are so and i was that's right "Uh, well you like my plates officer so
0: well, maybe you were meant to get caught so that we could start this reformation, this kind of changed pattern. And wow, what a story! Like, what you know. So, what? So, if you're just tuning in, you're, you're we're here with Darren Chapman. You're listening to Counterculture, and we're just really getting enjoyed. You no, know, his background, and now here we are. Darren's like a big deal. He's got. He runs a nonprofit. He's helping the communities in South Phoenix. Why don't you tell us what? So you uh, from this guy who was in prison mm-hmm. in in your in 25 to now you would start a nonprofit and uh, what, tell me what happened there
1: yeah yeah so um grace um i i i never i so at 25 like i said it, it was kind of being reborn yeah um and um and then then this type of grace happened with uh, my ability to communicate with all the different gangs that I was with. So I had the LAPD actually knock on my door and said, hey, we want to do a peace march. And we want to build this uh, little nonprofit in the uh, heart of the third highest murder capital block in the nation. Wow. And we want you to help us with this. We, Mm. We realize that. Um, you are kind of the center of some of this other activity going on. Mm. However, we don't think you're a bad guy. And, mm. and like I said, I, apparently uh, we we are a soul. And, and and I had some type of play, so I took heed of this. And right. remember twenty fifth birthday. I kind of was now on the uh, of the north end of that. Right, and I thought I I oh and and I so every year I work to do a little something. Every week, every month, I work to do a little something to kind of acknowledge. That um, I, I, I got new life, and I want to mm-hmm. spend this new life uh, trying to do a better narrative than I did before. Right? Wow! Just a, and that sometimes there's these massive wake-up calls that we all need yeah. when we
0: kind of realize our life situation, and we have to make a, serious changes. And sometimes they're incremental, but uh, the sound, what are, what are, quite the trajectory that, in, that God has God has His hand on your life so, and saved you from yourself. And it's brought you to where you are today. So tell us about the Tiger Mountain Foundation.
1: Yeah. So the Tiger Mountain Foundation um, was the um, – and, and still is uh, – the exit strategy to uh, working with all the different folks in my community. There was such an array of, um, of people who would be disconnected, disengaged from these 30,000-foot-level conversations, even if it was conversations about their own community. So I wanted to start a nonprofit organization that dealt with some of the housing, that dealt with some of the uh, active lifestyles, healthier living. So we created mm-hmm. the community community gardens. Right. Uh, we're working with developers right now. Um, uh, just got off a conversation with uh, Brian Commercial uh, Real Estate. Uh, did you catch that?
0: <laughs> uh, the, the, will they set, be sending me a check uh, for yeah, their exactly. plug? Check, <laughs> checks in the mail. That's right. Um, Thank you. They're welcome to sponsor the show. Only $500. That's no, just it. Kidding. Just kidding. That's it.
1: Uh, but no, uh, so so I've, I've just been very fortunate to be in conversations with uh, uh, very uh, uh, magnetic um, and uh, business people um, uh Folks in the uh, faith-based, um, you know, uh, organizations as well, um, and, and so that blessing, um, that that uh, grace, has actually turned into Tiger Mountain Foundation, okay. uh, that started in two thousand seven.
0: What's the what's the mission of Tiger Mountain Foundation? Yeah,
1: so the mission of Tiger Mountain Foundation is to propel workforce development along with active, active lifestyles, healthier living, with a point of entry called a personal strategy roadmap that leads to the transition and transformation of not just the human being but also their community.
0: Wow. So you you have personal roadmaps for each person that you could work with in your community. Yes. So that doesn't just – you don't just make those – that takes time and relationship. So do you have you have – People who – yeah. where did these come from?
1: So so they come from the Jonathan Sanborns being uh, very interested <laughs> uh, in the Darren Chapmans of the world. Yeah. And, and um, so my story is unique. And so each person coming into Tiger Mountain would have a mentor and or educator and or instructor based on their journey. So therefore, they're not getting into a programmatic box necessarily that says this is what we need you to eat. This is what we need you to right, do. Right. We're saying – what is your challenge? What do you see? And, and then Listen, I'm going to— listens first. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to put you with Jonathan, and then Jonathan has had some— what of a similar travel, and then he might be able to give you some viewpoint and some pointers mm. uh, in that regard. So each individual is very different. And uh, what we found is that now a lot of folks gravitate, uh, um, interns, uh, uh, volunteers, uh, and and that is our uh, mentoring pool, our wow. instruction pool. Um, and so it's been uh, very organic, to use the yes. uh, garden terminology, okay. uh, very natural in the way that that transformation has happened uh, over the last 14 years years so it sounds like a key strategy is mentorship
0: so who are the people mentoring these is are these youth or are these are just anyone in
1: life stage yeah yeah and yes yes and yes yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so we have <laughs> incredible youth mentors I, I got a kid um, that was gangbanging since he was seven years old right uh, um, another kid uh, that actually takes on other youth Um, that deal with some of the learning type disability that he deals with. Uh, I have adults uh, from that very same community that we target, and we call it the target community because we started out in the highest recidivism folks getting out of jail, going back in six months to two years. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and it's plus 80%. That's crazy. Isn't that, isn't That's that, so just, brutal. Oh, That's, it is. Yeah. It really is. So why in that billion-dollar pipeline would we not have um, mentors that actually um, epitomize that community along with doctors, mm. uh, attorneys, other educators that um, have a, uh, a, a way of Communicating with other human beings. So, yeah, that mentor base actually, our our oldest gardener, uh, for instance, is 90. Well, she says she's 93 years old. However, I could have swore she told me that three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's (laughs) lying about her age, at the tender age of 93. (laughs) That's right. But but she's beautiful and um, she's somewhat of a mentor to myself. She's a beautiful lady. Uh, However, we have uh, younger folks who are in the 16, 17 year old range. Uh, One of them just got a 40 hour a week job. As he's trying to keep himself in school. Okay. Um, And uh, he's a mentor. He's also,
0: so he's 17 and mentoring someone else. Yes. That's fantastic. I think often those make the best mentors. They can relate and they've been there and they can walk along. You don't have to be, have everything in your life perfect together in your, you know, later in life in order to be a mentor.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning some things about. Uh, the business side of social enterprise. So I have mentors who actually have worked with the city of Phoenix or uh, work with their own businesses. Yes. Um, And uh, so they mentor me. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so uh, we just figured that uh, uh, not necessarily intentionally originally. Yes. We wanted to get people together to start having these conversations. And then the metamorphosis has been this type of intentionality of uh, just beautiful people, coming together, working. I mean, I know it sounds a little, uh, you know, uh, too harmonic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but, uh, quite frankly, this worked. It it didn't have a color. uh, It didn't have an age. It it basically had everything to do with um, a man's work. And and it wasn't Darren. It wasn't, you know, uh, I've I've often, Jonathan, heard you refer to it as God's work and, and, and the work of Jesus. And Anyone's transcendence was welcome in this type of community
0: building. Mm. So, Darren, we're we're getting close to near the end of our show. We've got just a couple minutes left, and I just so appreciate you taking the time. How can people learn more about Tiger Mountain Foundation?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think the best way to learn about Tiger Mountain Foundation is go to the website, uh, www.tigermountainfoundation.org. Okay. And uh, there are some tabs that you can plug into and find out where to volunteer, where to come down, where to actually participate. Yes. Uh, we'd love to see you in our community gardens. We We'd love to see you help out in any way possible. But more than anything, we want to see the, um, the, 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 our community, our world, uh, from local to metro, get together and, and continue to build this type of positivity.
0: Well, not only is your mission fantastic, but you're in the embodiment of of change and renewal that we, we want to see in our own community. So t- thank you for taking the time. This has been a fantastic conversation Darren, this has been yeah, – Jeff. I appreciate you, and God bless you and your work. Thank you. This is Jonathan Sanborn with CounterCulture.
1: Thank you for listening today. CounterCulture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis.
0: Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.